So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 51 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Ben Hartley. Look, uh, you guys get it. If you've stuck around, we're 51 episodes in. The entire purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. Look, I also want to say a massive, massive thank you to you guys. Thank you for all the support, all the reviews that you've left. It has meant the world to me. If you've appreciated the show, if you've found value in it, even if you get to the end of this episode and you're like, well, that was sweet. Could you do me a favor? Could you uh, hop on iTunes and leave a review? There's instructions for how to do this at six figurephotography.com backslash review. Or if you're on your iPhone, you can do it right in the podcast app because a really cool thing happens when reviews go up there, more people see it. And that means bigger names get on the show, which in turn means you guys, uh, you get, you get a little bit more knowledge dropped on you for some really great people. So I want to highlight one right now. This came from ODF one, three, five, seven, nine. I tried to figure out how to pronounce that. And I figured I'd abandon ship and just spell it out. This is what he said. Uh, he said this, I tried some of the other guys and it's just really a bunch of chit chat. I don't listen to podcasts for fun, but to learn in two episodes, Ben lays out a metric ton of information. The episode on copywriting was so useful as well as the 20 tips for taking control on a wedding day. Thank you so much. ODF one, three, five, seven, nine PS, by the way, if you guys want to watch the episode on copywriting, it's episode one and the 20 tips to take control on a wedding day is episode seven. Those are going to be some throwback episodes by the way. Uh, they're going to be retro. All right, you guys, we're going to jump in because we have Chris Scott on today's episode. He's a photographer based out of Colorado. He started out shooting $500 weddings and realized that wasn't going to cut it. Uh, and so he then stepped into this whole crazy world of IPS. We're going to be talking about how you can use IPS in-person sales in your business, the importance of doing it right. Uh, and if you're looking to grow your business, just how important this is for that growth process. You guys, you don't want to miss it. Let's jump in and talk to Chris. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. How are you doing today, my man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, okay. You are, you're in Colorado, right? That's right. Colorado Springs. Yeah. 
Okay, very cool. So coming from Ohio here, I've understood I've got a couple of relatives in Colorado. The 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 weather, the climate, the you know, everything, it's isn't it largely related to like your altitude in Colorado can range widely. And so whereabouts are where where are you at in that spectrum? Yeah, yeah. So the springs is about an hour south of Denver, uh still kind of on the uh the western plains side. We're but we're still at uh at about a good solid seven thousand feet here. Nice. So I want to I want to get a little context here. I want to jump right into this because this is a meaty topic. We're talking IPS. Uh, this is such an in depth topic. And and uh, now that we have you know an expert like yourself on here, I want to jump right in. I think for the most part, um, the audience who's listening, you know, yes, there's some seasoned veterans who've who've been at uh, IPS in person sales for a long time. But there's I think so many photographers who are listening right now who are currently doing some sort of digital delivery. Yeah. Um, whether that be USB or online or whatever, and and not not because they necessarily think it's better, but they just they're not quite sure how to step into this whole IPS world. Yeah. And so, I guess what I'm most curious about is how did you get started in in IPS? Yeah, so we were um, we were full time wedding and portrait photographers in Nashville. Um, and I think we went through the same progression as a lot of people at that point. It was, you know, selling stuff online through, I don't even remember what our cart system was called. I don't think they're even around anymore, but selling stuff online and delivering discs. And we did that for a couple of years. And, you know, I mean, I think I started what like a lot of people do. It's like, oh my gosh, someone's going to pay me, you know, like 500 bucks, I think is what we made for our first wedding. And I was like, these guys are suckers. This is amazing. And, uh, you know, we did that for a little while and then it started to become really obvious that it was not sustainable, that it was, that it was like, Oh, Hey, you know what? I'm actually working really, really hard. This is actually a job. This is actually a business. And we started looking at like, okay, what are other business models out there? And I remember it was, um, it was when imaging was in Nashville a handful of years ago. Uh, I went to this little pre, uh, conference, a couple of sessions that were on in-person sales and on, um, just better business setups. And I think it was maybe put on by Successware at the time or something like that. And it was just eye opening for me. It was, Oh wait, there are other ways to do this. And wait, there, people want physical prints and, uh, you know, there are ways to structure this business so that you can actually make a good living. And, and I left that, that conference and, and made those changes immediately. We, we jumped in just with both feet. You know, I think that some people like they kind of want to ease into it. And I think that's fine. And we'll talk about a bunch of that, uh, today on how to ease your way into in-person sales. But for us, it was like, we need to make a change. We need to make a change right now. So we just did it. And, uh, and it was amazing. It was, it was like a, a switch flipped in our business. It was, um, you know, we went from, uh, about $125 in after sales. Uh, actually that's not even after sales. That's probably, um, that's including the, uh, the session fee, probably about $125 for a portrait session, um, and immediately to $120,000 a year, uh, photography business, which is, you know, I mean, that's gross. That's, that's, that's income. That's not profits, but that's a, it's dramatic difference. So this is what gets me so excited to talk about this stuff, because when you look at the difference between our, our averages before in-person sales and our averages after that's life changing. You know, I think that 
it, it feels weird to throw words around like that. Like it changed our lives. But when it comes down to it, like we are our business. And when our business makes such a dramatic change, it, it has a huge impact on our lives. And, and it, and it just, made me really excited about in-person sales. We started teaching it um, really, really informally, you know, just dinners with friends in Nashville with other photographers. And then um, and then more formally uh, in what eventually became uh, Swift Galleries, which is the tool that we sell now. But um, it's just, I, I love this part. So if, the, if that's the majority of your listeners that I'm excited because this is the part that gets me, that gets me up in the morning is, is being able to talk to people who haven't quote unquote seen the light yet. And to be able to be a part of that in their lives, to be able to say, Hey, you should try this and look, it's not as hard as you think it is. And you know, it's, it's actually better for you. It's better for your clients. Um, it, it, it's just, it's a win, 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 in my opinion. And, and to be able to be a part of that uh, in people's businesses and lives is really, really exciting for me. I totally agree, man. We've we've gone through a similar shift. It happened, uh, I have to say about two years. That's maybe a little bit rough, but around two years ago. And um, exactly the, I mean, like almost word for word, uh, the exchange that, that you were saying that you guys went through uh, is what we've experienced as well. So you, you mentioned though, that like it was, you jumped in both feet, you learned this, you got back to the studio, you were all in yeah. and you said it was like a, a you know, like a, a switch went off. But I think that there also has to be, um, and this maybe was a step that, that was pretty accessible for you to take, but I think there's a mental shift that has to that has to take place before you even start doing the kind of like practical things in terms of actually um, focusing your business on IPS. And so I, I, I want to talk a little bit about even the mental shift that you as a business owner kind of have to, to go through in terms of IPS um, and understanding the value of it. Can you talk a little bit about the experience that you had in that mental shift and what other photographers you've seen as you've taught and spoken to others, that the challenge of um, sh like shifting your mind to think about things differently? Yeah, I think, I think the first, there are a handful of things here. I think that that's a, it's a really good point. And there are a few things that have to happen kind of internally before you start doing things, before you start, you know, actually putting things into practice. And I think that, uh, the first and foremost thing is, you know, kind of this idea of like, I have to recognize I have a problem. And I think that most people, when they get to the point that they're starting to search for in-person sales, they already have at least an itch. They have this idea that like, Hey, you know what? But something's not quite right here. I should be doing better. I should be, um, I should be more fulfilled with what I'm doing. I should have more money for all of the work that I'm putting in. So I think that's probably the first thing is realize like, Hey, you know what? Something's got to give here. Something needs to change. And then from there, I think, uh, the natural progression is that people start looking into these other options and IPS is kind of the new black right now. Everybody's always talking about IPS. So they start looking into to it. And I think the next big thing that, that happens is they look at it and they say, this isn't for me because I'm not this. And, and this could be a handful of things. I think that the main ones are salesy. I'm not a salesperson, so this isn't for me. Or I'm not good enough 
You know, I'm not, I, I don't know if I could sit in front of a client and show them their images for the first time because I'm afraid that they might reject me, that they might say they're not into it. Um, there's a lot of this kind of internal stuff that's happening um, that, you, that you do need to get over. And I think that uh, for me, at least, the kind of light bulb moment for me was that I, when I realized that in-person sales, that this process of guiding our clients through the process of choosing their images and choosing the best products for them and for, uh, you know, for their home is actually better for our clients. And when, when that, I think when that, when that realization came to me, it was like, Oh, Hey, wait, I'm actually not serving my clients as best as I can right now. And this way is a better way to do it. Then it made everything else easier. Um, yeah, I think this is something that's really important to talk about. I actually had uh, a conversation with um, someone else in the podcast and, and uh, I won't throw, you know, I'm not gonna throw them under the bus, but it was really frustrating for me because they kept positioning online delivery of images um, as uh, like essentially, you know, the whole shoot and share model as that is like, they would like, well, this is how we do it. Cause it's, a, this is a service model. This is a service-based model rather than an, an IPS model. And I was like, oh, pump the brakes. Right. <laughs> like, can we talk about IPS as a service? Can we talk about making sure that people have something real from their yes. shoe? Right. Like, do you know what was actually really scary is uh, when Amazon's uh, servers went down so last week, <laughs> last week, like, yeah, to see the online file delivery services go down with it. Yeah. Right. And like it, it, it should have woken up some photographers to realize that when you put something on the cloud, it doesn't mean it's forever, right? It's like, right. Uh, right. it doesn't mean that you have this thing um, uh, archived in, in any actual real way. And the great power and importance of print, I'm really excited to talk about that. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing that I am, um, I have deep conviction in. Yeah. And so I've 100% uh, come to understand exactly what you're talking about. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you no, off there. I just no, wanted to like fine. inject that. I was like, oh my gosh. I, I and I agree with uh, you know I agree obviously with your with your stance on this. I this is something that comes up for us uh, quite a bit as you can imagine, and it's this idea of of I, I think a lot of photographers now confuse convenience with service. Is is shooting and sharing more convenient for your client? Absolutely. Like, yeah, they're going to get their images. They can look at it in their boxer shorts, all of that. But is it better service? No, it's not better service because you're not doing anything to help them figure out what to actually do with those. And like, are you a photographer or are you a fileographer? Like I, my job is not to deliver files. It's to deliver 100%. photos. So, And and the two aren't mutually exclusive, right? right? Just because I sit down live in person to show my clients their images for the first time, just because I make sure that every single client has a physical album, just because... I prioritize um, wall art for not just my brides, but their parents and their bridal party doesn't mean that they don't get the online delivery of, of images for Absolutely. their own convenience as well. They, yep. they aren't mutually exclusive. And Absolutely. I think that so many photographers uh, have come to believe that narrative. And uh, I think there's a, there's a problem there. Chris, I, I want you to talk a little bit about this because I think this also is for me, I I've come to understand this as maybe the number one hurdle for why um, photographers aren't prioritizing print in their business, are not prioritizing IPS. Um, I've come to understand that it's because they, they don't actually believe it. They don't actually believe that print 
is is important that they don't actually believe that print actually has power and meaning and, and that print is the absolute best thing for their clients and i think it's because they don't have it in their own life they haven't experienced uh having an album of their family or or pictures up on their own walls they haven't bought into it uh to the full extent they haven't owned the product that they're then trying to sell and so when they try to sell it they just feel like they're making stuff up, right? Yep, yep. And they don't so feel authentic the to themselves. I mean, have you seen that? Do you agree with that perspective? You know, it's not something that I've ever thought about in those exact terms, that the idea that that um, that photographers are not really selling this stuff. They're not, they're not really sold on the idea of selling it because they don't have enough in their lives. I think that that's a really valid point. I've always, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that you've gone a little bit deeper into um, some of the reasoning behind it. We, we've always assumed that a big reason was that photographers don't believe that their clients want it. Um, and I don't because know that I've ever taken that, that extra step. Want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know that I've ever taken that extra step and saying, well, why don't the client, why don't the photographers believe it? And, um, you know, talking about narratives, I think that there's a, there's a big narrative in the industry right now of this idea that like, oh, well, clients just want digitals. Clients just want this. And, uh, I can tell you, uh, for a fact that that is not the case. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I don't think I've ever thought through, uh, all the way down to, Hey, you know what? It's because the photographers themselves don't have enough of this in their lives. I think that that, that uh, sounds plausible to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen it. I just, I've kind of just reverse engineered how I, I think and how my family thinks. I've seen my yeah. family all go and they've worked with photographers and at the end they, they want digital. At the end I've wanted digital and, and I always think to myself, well, because, you know, I can do whatever I want with these, but then you don't do anything with it. Right. Right. You don't actually, and the photographers who were serving my family weren't prioritizing the, the print in their own life. And then from a sales standpoint, I, I, I did feel conflicted. I felt conflicted trying to, to suggest that a client spend a thousand dollars on an album, $1,500 on an album, $4,000 on an album that I didn't actually have. <laughs> Instead, I only had a digital set of images from the last portrait shoot that I had with my wife and I, yeah. how dare I yeah. like try to suggest that they go buy something that, and so it's no wonder that my face turns red. It's no wonder that I feel like, oh man, it's the imposter, uh, um, so mindset of like, are they going to like, am I going to be, uh, found? And, and when I actually went out and spent my own money, not, not the, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of professional photographers that probably have sponsorships, but no, saying, Millers, you're not going to buy me this. I'm going to give you a thousand dollars and I want family albums in my yep, house. Yep. I want them to be seen and experienced. And then the really crazy thing happens, Chris, when you, when I did that, like the narrative that I began to use to sell to my, to my clients, it was no longer about the features and, and, and even the benefits and the, and the, uh, the product itself. It's not about the leather. It's not about how archival it is and how long it's going to last. It's my little girl came home from my parents watching her and the very first thing that she did because she hadn't seen us in two days was run to the coffee table open the album and uh -huh. point to every picture of her dad and her mom and say dada mama dada mama with the biggest smile on her face when you have stories like that to yeah. tell in your own life dude it's it's over it's a yeah. done deal yeah. like it's and i think that's what i'm talking about when i say that other photographers they haven't bought into it because they haven't they haven't experienced those stories they haven't seen that play out yeah. in their mind they're just like well i could get this fineo album that's got genuine leather or i could go yeah. to the you know whatever and they're focused so much on that and then at the end of the day they just feel like they're lying to themselves yep yeah no that's i i love 
the way that you present that because I mean, it's the classic benefits versus features thing. You know, it's like here, here's this album and here's all the reasons why it's really cool. But none of that matters when, you know, when you're, like you said, when your kid's sitting there pointing at you and, and like, and that's the first thing they go to and that they cherish that. And that, that one, that is one day going to be their album and their kid's album, you know? And, uh, I, I think. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I don't know that I ever <laughs> really connected those dots. Yeah, it's it's been like the uh, a really big um, uh, kind of eye opening thing um, for me. And you know what? I actually it was um, I was reading a book. Uh, man, I'm gonna I'll drop it in the show notes. I don't have it with me, and I I I just failed to remember the title. But it's from Grant Cardone, um, and it's a book on sales. And one of the number one rules that he talks about is that if you are going to sell anything that you must own it and not just have been given it, not been given it at a discount, but you must have been willing to spend your own money at full price for the thing. And without doing that, you will never be fully, uh, able to sell it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, I'll drop the the link in there. I I'm forgetting the name of the book, but it was amazing. Oh, look, I read all kinds of books on like sales and business growth. And normally they're kind of a drag. Dude, Chris, this book, I, I finished it in like a day and a half. I could not put it down. And it was this like, book on something like sales that normally I'm like, Oh my God, this is killing me. Right. Um, so I'll get a link down for you guys. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that out as well. If I just, you said it's Grant Cardone. Yeah. Yep. 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 Grant Cardone. Um, and I'll, I'll get the name for you guys here in a minute. Um, so here we go. Let, let's start talking about some of the practical shifts that take place. I think maybe we can start big picture and work our way into some of the nitty gritty of the details. I think again, for my listeners, they, um, for many of them, they're, they're part-time. Maybe, uh, maybe they are essentially full-time in both regards, right? They're working a full-time job, but they're shooting weddings practically full-time as well. Um, but they just, they don't have that separate space. They don't have the studio to meet. And so many of them are meeting at home or, or maybe they're not, maybe that's why they haven't stepped into IPS because they're afraid to meet at home, afraid to meet at the apartment. Um, what, what advice do you have for the photographer who doesn't have a studio, right? Like, what do you do? Yeah, I think that there are a handful of things that you can do. You know, this idea that, oh, I don't have this studio space. I don't even have, you know, a, a meeting space in my own home. Um, so let's go from let's go from maybe top to bottom, like the most ideal situation down to uh, maybe the least ideal situation. So, uh, you know, obviously most ideal would be, Oh, if you've got this fancy pants, um, you know, meeting space and, and the projector and all that, that's not reality for most of us. And that's fine. Yeah. So we'll move on from there immediately. Uh, carve out a space in your home. Awesome. You know, that was, that's what we did, uh, when we shot full time. Um, and that worked out really well for us, but we didn't have kids. Now that I have kids, I can't even imagine being able to do that. So, okay, let's move on from there. Uh, your client's home. This is a really, really good option that a lot of people dismiss offhand because they think, uh, they let little things get in the way. Like, oh, do I need to calibrate my, my client's screens and my, you know, and all of this, like, just start, you know, just (laughs) start so many of these things. Uh, and this is, this is a voice of experience. This is not me talking down, uh, you know, from my high horse. So many of these things that we say are just excuses because we're afraid to commit to something. We're afraid to just try something. So, you know, call yourself out on those things. If you find yourself saying like, oh, well, I can't do in-person sales at my client's home because I don't have anything to calibrate their screen. So what? 
Just go. Just do it. Um, your clients' homes are a really, really good place for it. Uh, I do want to take a step back, though, because I feel like you know we're talking about, okay, in-person sales as a sales meeting. You know, it's like, well, where do I do this sales meeting? And there's actually so much stuff that happens before the sales meeting um, that I think is important. And, and you know, if you don't have a space, that's okay. You know, yeah, it would be great to have a space, but none of that even matters if you don't do a bunch of this other stuff up front, if that makes sense. Yeah, unpack that. Let's talk about it. So uh, I think, you know, so, okay, so I've, I've put myself in the mindset of somebody who's like, okay, I shoot and share right now, and I think I want to switch over to in person sales. What do I do? Like, how do I do this? What kind of practical steps? What things, uh, what pitfalls do I need to look for? And, you know, all of that. So I think first and foremost, we need to, st- you need to start setting the expectation that this is what you do. Uh, so, you know, one of the, one of the main things your clients or potential clients need to know is, you know, what is it that you do? How do you do it? What do you sell? How much is it going to cost them? You want to start attracting those types of people who want these things. I think a lot of people, when they switch, especially these people who, who say, oh, well, I tried in-person sales once and it didn't work for me. I felt like a salesperson, you know, I got to the sales meeting and I said, okay, well, it's going to cost you $1,200. And they're like, wait, what? It's going to cost what? I thought it was going to be $75 in a disc or a thumb drive as the kids, uh, you know, I'm showing my age with the disc. Um, so, you know, this idea that those people who run into that, it's because they never really set an expectation up front. Their clients had no idea what was coming. So I think the very first thing that you should do is has nothing to do with, you know, uh, meeting spaces and where am I going to do this and, and what is the mechanics of the session and all of that. It's start putting stuff out there. You want to start selling physical physical products, start putting it out there that you sell physical products. We obviously, yeah, like you're talking website, copy, social media, website, word of mouth, copy, like all yes, that. You're absolutely. Because, Show, yep. you know, so we, we focus very heavily on wall art here just because of what we do with Swift galleries. But, um, this, all of these things apply with albums, with anything else, start showing that stuff everywhere, everywhere your potential client sees your work. You want them to see the product that you want them to walk away from, from your, uh, you know, their interaction with you with. So, uh, for us, that's, you know, on our website, we've got a, a portfolio item of wall art. Here's custom wall art galleries. It's right up there next to weddings and seniors and, you know, uh, boudoir and whatever, all of your top level portfolio items. You've got one now custom wall art galleries show that it's important to you show that you're excited about it on your blog. Every time you blog something, blog a mock-up, talk about why, uh, you think that that's the best representation of your work in physical form. Um, you know, on social media, post a few different, uh, wall art mock-ups and Hey, I can't decide which one I like the best or run, you know, run contests at the end of the year. Hey, we're, you know, we're choosing a new, uh, studio sample. So, uh, you know, go over to our blog and vote on your favorite one in the comments. And that's going to be our, our new studio sample and the family who wins, uh, we're going to send them out to dinner at some local restaurant or something like that. Just something to get people talking about it. And so that everywhere, none of these exist in a vacuum, everywhere they look, they see wall art. It becomes really, really obvious that this is what people come to you for. And this alone helps knock down so many of those obstacles and so much of that. Like, I don't want to feel salesy. It's like people just assume because you're putting it out there as such that 
this is what people come to you for. Um, and then, you know, you need to do the same thing with, with, so this is like kind of setting expectations for product, the product that you want to sell. We want to also do the same thing with, for price and for our process, you know, give them something to hold on to. So they don't get to that sales meeting and say, I can't afford this. Unfortunately, uh, whether we like it or not here in the Western world, uh, we tie our, our personal, value and worth to our bank account value and worth. And, and it's one of the worst things that we can, we can make somebody say is I can't afford this because again, whether we like it or not, what they're really saying is I don't feel like I'm good enough. And I think that that's maybe one of the worst things that we can get somebody um, to say. So, you know, setting these expectations up front for price as well. You know, hey, my sessions start at this much and, um, you know, or my sessions are $150 and custom wall art galleries start at $1,200. Something for them to grab onto so that they can say, hey, you know what? That seems like a lot, but look at all this stuff that they do. Look at, you know, look at what they're doing. And, and, uh, I think setting these expectations is really the very first step. This thing that has to happen. Otherwise, nothing else is really going to feel natural. Nothing else is, it's going to feel like you're forcing everything else if you're not setting these expectations up front. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And it's going to, I mean, it's going to be, well, it's going to be, I think, where, you know, there, look, the whole idea on sales, you've already mentioned it earlier. Like, I think a lot of people, a lot of photographers resist sales. Like, you, look, you're selling something. Get over that fact. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're not selling print, you're not selling something of value, that's fine, but you're still selling something. And I think the negative view that we have comes from that, that 2%, that 1% of salesmen who, who are smarmy, who are bait and switch, who, who don't manage expectations, who don't um, have their clients' best interests in mind. Um, and so while that has been maybe what comes to mind, um, like that's, that, that isn't the MO, right? The MO is not to just do a quick little uh, affordable $50 shoe and then get them to come in and then boom, we show them all this art that they want and we give them the prices and we try to get them to buy something. That obviously, that feels, that feels wrong. That doesn't feel right. And I think that that may be, for some people, what they kind of envision IPS to be like. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think just how important it is to manage those expectations. And I want to focus up a little bit more on this time because I think then that still catches up a few photographers is my guess in terms of, well, that's all well and good. So what does this process actually look like of discussing pricing prior to the shoot? Because there's any number of options, right? We could post up on the website. We could um, email them over, you know, the session fee and kind of base print uh, prices. We could call them up, you know, we could talk about it at, at any given point. And so I'm curious to hear a little bit more about um how that takes place, when you recommend that taking place, and then to what depth do you go? Yep. Yeah. So, um, the way that we have, uh, the way our process is structured is, um, you know, initial inquiry. So we're setting all those expectations on the website, setting an expectation, at least an initial expectation for price, and then making it very obvious what people come to us for. So it's uh, uh, along the lines of what you were just saying. Rather than trying to force a square peg into a round hole, we're just attracting all the round pegs to us. So it's not something that really is going to feel uh, salesy. It's it, in fact, the process that we teach, the process that we kind of live by is, is really a service process. It, it also just happens to make you a lot of money. Um, but the, the way 
that we deal with pricing, set up an initial price up front, and then we do a planning meeting. So we're going to bring them into the planning meeting. This is going to be an in-person planning meeting, whether it's in their home or it's in our space. Uh, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're, what's that? All prior to the shoot? Yes, all prior to the shoot. So this is uh, whether it's in, you know, there are pros and cons to both. We can we can circle back to that if you want to. Um, but we're going to do an in-person planning meeting about a week before the session. And this is where we're really going to dig in. And this is the planning meeting to me is really where this becomes a service process and not a sales process. Because I'm not going to just say, okay, hey, I think you should get this, this, and this. I'm going to craft this experience specifically for this client. And it starts with things like, uh, where in your home do you want to display wall art? And, and this is, I might say this a few times, but um, this is where you, you have to see this as a fluid process. One thing, uh, none of this lives in a vacuum. All of these things work together. So when I say in a planning meeting, where in, in your home do you want to display your, you know, your wall art? This isn't the first time that they've heard of this. They've seen it everywhere that they saw my work. So it's not a weird question to be asking. Like, of course, they're going to ask me that. That's all they do. Like that's, <laughs> that's, you know, that's what Chris does. So, uh, you know, where in your home do you want to display your wall art? Okay. Well, we have this space, uh, you know, in our living room that I think, uh, could be really good over the couch. Okay. Tell me about that space. What colors are the walls? What kind of artwork do you have in there? What do you do in that space? Is it the hub of activity for your home or is it the place where you go to relax at the end of the day? Um, do you have any other uh, photos in there? What's the style? What's the style of the furniture? I want to find out all of these things. So I'm just make, I'm just getting my client to talk about themselves and tell me everything that I can think of about that space so that I can turn it around and make suggestions for them based on what they said. Uh, and all of this is relevant to pricing because I'm now only going to suggest the things that are relevant to that space. So if they say, you know, it's a, um, it's got, you know, kind of these, uh, gray walls, uh, you know, light gray walls and, uh, many leather brown book, leather bound books. And it smells of deep mahogany. That's a uh, anchorman, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and they explain this space that's like a this like a formal study with big leather furniture, all of that. This is where they go at the end of the day. They have a glass of wine and they, and they unwind. Okay, great. Now I can make some really, really useful suggestions for that space. I'm not going to mention things like acrylic prints or metal prints. Not appropriate for there. That doesn't mean that I won't sell those to them later. It means I'm not going to sell them to them for that space. I'm going to say, okay, based on what you've told me, I think we should be looking at, uh, you know, framed and matted prints or gallery wrapped canvases. And based on the colors, I think that you guys should wear these things to this session based on the style and the mood of the room. I think that we should have your session at this location. Um, and based on, again, on the style of the room and the mood of the room, I think that this should be, um, more formal portraits, something where the whole family is looking, you know, this would be camera aware for us, something where, uh, everyone is looking at the camera. So I'm answering questions that are going to come up anyway. Where should we do this? What should we wear? What time 
time should we do it? All of these things. But I have a real reason for the things that I'm suggesting. And I can go so deep into this now, especially if I'm using, and I, I promise this is not a plug, but especially if I'm using something like Swift Galleries, because I can then say, uh, we actually would try to get a room photo beforehand. Uh, and then we would show that to them and start showing different layouts on the wall at the right size and say, I think something like this would look great. And now we're basing this off of how many people are in the family. You know, what, what do we want here? Okay. Maybe we just want one large family portrait for over that couch. Great. I'm going to show that to them. Uh, I think that this size would look great over this couch. What do you think? Yeah, I think that looks really good. Okay. That's a 30 by 40 framed and matted. Let's go ahead and just jot that down and move on, you know, or maybe it's a space where they want something, uh, they want like a collection. Okay, great. Well, you're a family of four. So let's do one large print. That's the whole family. And then, uh, two smaller prints of each of the kids individually, or like I can start building out all of these different suggestions and we can start really getting into the detail of what this client wants. Um, and, and I'm starting to really not just plant, I'm sowing that seed for the sale. I'm getting them excited because I'm showing them what these things can look like in their own home. And I can say, Hey, you know what? Let's do, you know, let's do one big family photo and then one of each of you with the kids and then one of the kids together. So now we have this four image, uh, collection. Uh, and I think it would look really good right here. And, you know, again, we're basing it on that space. I think it would look good in acrylic or in metal or whatever, you know, and we're starting to to come up with specific things for specific spaces. And all of this comes back to pricing because now I can get to the end of that meeting and say, okay, based on everything we talked about, here's what you should expect to spend. And again, this doesn't live in a vacuum. They got an expectation set on the website. Now we're just kind of putting meat on those bones. Those bones on the website are $1,200. You know, like, well, how somebody spend $1,200? Well, now you see how some Someone spends $1,200, but there's so much more value in that for them. They can, they're, they're getting excited about these products. They're getting excited about the possibilities. Uh, and I'm doing so much more than just saying, Hey, show up at this time on this date. And I don't know wear something cool. And, uh, and then I'll give you a disc of images or a thumb drive of images afterward. Like, can you see how this is crafting a custom experience for every client? Like, yeah, totally. And two two things to add to that too. When you start doing that, even as you were talking about um uh providing them the opportunity to tell you as much as possible before you st start even instructing. So even um, when you're trying to discover where this work is at, rather than saying, well, do you want something in the dining room where I could see something above the couch, um, giving them the opportunity to to think about their home, think about their space, define that area, uh, tell you more about it and what maybe they think could go there. It really begins to give them that psychological ownership already, yes. Yes. like that they they already are are. Uh, in, in their minds have that piece there. They've chosen it, they can see it, um, and it makes it that much easier. The other thing is that you didn't really dive into, but is so important to the way that we do things is it's, and, I, and I'm sure this is stuff that you do, but we just didn't get into it yet, is so far everything that you're talking about has been asking them questions, more product-based questions about you know the space and the color and the design and the aesthetics and the feeling. But, but what I find to be uh, the complete 
complete value add that changes everything, and it makes your job so much easier, by the way, is to not just ask the questions about that, but to but to exist and to engage and to start caring about them as people and understanding what they actually give a damn about. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. What, what does the mom actually want captured forever of her little girl? Is it the way that she does this quirky little side smile whenever she like gets a little embarrassed? Like, like what would it mean to that mom to have that quirky little side smile forever captured and displayed in her home? And we, when we start digging into understanding that narrative and the story of, of what do these people genuinely yeah. care about uh, within each other? Um, and now I know that's it. That's the look I'm going for. That's what I need to do actually in the day. Um, at that point, I, you know, I'm as good as done. Like it's, right, right. it's, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, we're definitely focusing so much on the practical side of things about, you know, like how am I going to build out their order or whatever? Um, but yes, those things definitely come up and, and, and you'll see those when, when you're in the meeting, little side comments will come up about those things. Uh, and, and we, we refer to this as thread pulling. Those are threads that they're handing you and they're, and you might see them as just little offhand comments. Usually those offhand comments are things that a client wants you to pull on. They want you to ask more about. And that's really where you, when you can head down those rabbit holes, that's where you're going to really find out, like you said, uh, what that client truly cares about. Um, so yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because yes, absolutely. We're, we're doing that stuff. I'm just focusing so much on, on kind of the practical, um, application of, of, uh, you know, planning out the, of course, the of products. Course. This, I, man, to just keep pounding the home, like, please, photographers, as you're listening, like, chase after those. When you notice that, when that happens, like, stop everything that you're doing. Like, literally stop and, and ask more. Tell me more about that. Tell me about the last time that that happened. Tell me about, uh, you know, like dig into that kind of stuff. And, and those things too, by the way, those little threads that the way that Chris described it, sometimes those are really connected at the very base. That thread is a, is a deep emotional, uh, blob. I don't know. I'm like, I'm a, I lost the narrative to Chris, but when you start pulling at it, like in real emotions can start to come out. And my encouragement please is to stay in those, to stay in those emotional states and to let somebody actually feel comfortable to express that emotion with you. Um, and don't shy away from it. Sometimes, sometimes people will just start crying, right? Especially when we start dealing with uh, people that you love and maybe it's someone who's passed on. Right. And, um, and I think it's easy, well, it's to get uncomfortable and to just back out. Right. And so please photographers stay in those moments. I think the most powerful opportunity that you have to serve your client is when you allow yourself to be uncomfortable <laughs> and you stay right alongside your client in those times. Yep. Uh, do this as an opportunity to just care for them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I want to, I want to make it clear that you and I are not talking about sales anymore. Like this is not like hundred percent in that because like, hell yeah, you're going to get a great sale out of this. Like that we're talking about like being a human being and being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be vulnerable and allowing other people to be vulnerable, vulnerable around you. Um, and, and this is, this has nothing to do with sales. This is everything to do with, uh, you, you're now really becoming a part of that story. If that makes sense. Yeah. There, there was, um, uh, one of my most recent meetings, actually, um, it was, I'm not going to go into all the specifics here, but, the, um, there was a, a loss in the family and it was really, really hard on the bride. And, and we spent time digging and going deeper and talking about, um, talking about this and, and it was, uh, I mean, like we were all just kind of like weeping throughout right. the meeting at various times. And it was something that at one point the groom looked over at me and he says, man, 
this has got to be so emotionally draining for you. He's like, you, 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 you spend time understanding client stories like this every single time. I'm like, yeah, he's like, that's gotta be so emotionally draining. And I looked at him and I was like, nah, man, it's so emotionally fulfilling. Like that's, that's the only way that I can view it. It changes everything. You're no longer just uh, a photographer. You're no longer yeah, you're clicking not hired the shutter. Help. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You're not a hired help. You're not clicking the shutter at an hourly rate. You're not just t- handing over some pics. You're like, you're, you're actually, actually doing something that has great value, meaning it's something that's, that's bigger than yourself, right? Yeah. This is where value comes from. And this ties, man, I, Chris, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a, um, I talk a lot about self-worth. I talk a lot about confidence. Um, and, and so much of this is, is tied into that, that, that understanding that you are a part of something that is bigger than yourself. And you have the ability to build into people, to give them back something that is, uh, intrinsic, right? Intrinsic. Value. It's not something that uh, that's ex- extrinsic. Anyhow, man, I'm 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 getting all fired up here, Chris. Um, <laughs> let's let's take this home. <laughs> let's take this home. So, um, can you connect the dots a little bit more? I'm I I'm not familiar with Swift galleries, but when when you've done this now and the shoot takes place, and now you're actually sitting back down with them in your studio, in your home, in their home, what what is your process for actually showing the clients their images for the first time? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to take a very quick step back a little bit because I think there's there's this this um, thing that happens in between those. So we talked about at the planning meeting, how we're setting those expectations. We're starting to show them some stuff, not necessarily images on their walls, but we're showing them different products. We're, we're getting them to start agreeing with things. Hey, I think this looks great for this spot. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Okay, cool. So what happens there is we get into the session or the wedding and I'm going to start really, I'm going to refer back to those things. I'm going to continue to build excitement for those things. When I get that shot, I do a stupid little happy dance. You can't see me, but I'm doing it right now. Uh, I can can feel it. Right. You can feel it. Right. (laughs) Uh, When I get that shot, I show it to him, you know, and this is, again, this is not salesy. This is me being excited about what I do for a living. So I show it to him. Oh my gosh, this one's perfect for that spot we talked about over the couch. And uh, a minute ago, you talked about uh, your clients starting to have ownership over something and them to start living with your work in their home. And this really connects those dots for them. You guys, I got to interrupt for a hot second and give a awesome thank you shout out to one of the big supporters of the SFP podcast. I want to thank FreshBooks. You guys, I I get the chance to talk to hundreds, if not thousands of photographers on the weekly. And one of the consistent things that I hear time and time again in regards to challenges in the business, points of pain within running your own business as a freelance photographer is accounting. It's, it just comes up every single time. What do I do with accounting? How do I manage this? Where do I outsource? Do I outsource? Like I'm supposed to be a creative. I don't do well with numbers. I don't track numbers well. Even getting paid, like how do I make sure uh, that I'm processing payments properly, tracking all that data properly? And one of the best pieces of advice that I have for you if you're running your business is make sure that you have a system in place uh, to help you uh, with your invoicing, a system in place to help you uh, track your your payments, a system in place uh, to help you track all of your accounting. And so with that being said, you guys, please do yourself the biggest favor that you can and go check out FreshBooks. And this is now a super no-brainer because there's a 30-day free trial that I'll tell you guys about here in just a minute. But FreshBooks has been completely redesigned, Uh, just like completely from the 
ground up. It's an all cloud-based accounting software that's going to allow you to create professional invoices in like 30 seconds, set up online payments within just a couple of clicks that will allow you to get paid up to four times faster. And a really cool feature is you can actually view, track when your client has seen those invoices, and it really puts an end to that guessing game of when is the money going to show up for you guys. And so here's the deal. Like I said, FreshBooks, please go check it out. They are offering you guys a 30-day unrestricted free trial. It's the full package for 30 days to claim it. It's just for you guys, by the way. To claim it, you need to go to freshbooks.com backslash photography, and then you need to enter six-figure photography. That's S-I-X, six-figure photography in the how did you hear about a section, and they're going to hook you guys up. Please do yourself a favor and look into this. All right, let's jump back in. The whole point is I'm bringing the stuff that we discussed in the planning meeting into the present. I'm talking about that and I'm connecting those dots for them. I'm saying, uh, hey, you remember that thing that we talked about in the planning meeting? I think this one's going to be great for that for that spot over the couch. And I show it to them. Like, hey, check it out. This is perfect for that spot over the couch. And I do my little happy dance and I'm, and I'm excited. And, uh, and then what happens though, and this is, this is really powerful, is between the session and the sales meeting, because I connected those dots for them. I showed them the image that I loved and now they're seeing it on their wall at the right size. Um, every time they walk past that couch between the session and the sales meeting, they're going to sell that product to themselves because they're going to see that image that I did that stupid little dance about. Uh, and they're going to see it at the right size because I showed that and I set that expectation during the planning meeting. Um, in the product that we discussed, uh, they're going to see that every time they walk by the couch. So now when the sales meeting comes, this is really, uh, so let's put this all together to connect all the dots. They saw the product that we want to be known for on our website. They contacted us because they were interested in that. We sat down in the planning meeting and I built out the perfect set of products for them. We really, I handheld them through the process of figuring out what exactly is right for them. In the session, I started really getting excited about the product that they were excited about and started connecting the dots for uh, images for those products. Now, uh, and in the planning meeting, I told them the price. At the end of the planning meeting, I told them the price. Okay, based on everything that we've talked about, uh, then uh, this is what we're looking at. So, this sales meeting now is not really a sales meeting. It's, hey, remember that stuff that you said you were excited about? And then I did that stupid little happy dance? Well, here it is, meeting. Like, this is not, this is the easy part. If you do all of this other stuff beforehand that does not feel like sales, it feels like service, it feels like walking your client through this process because this is what you do. Like, remember, your clients don't do this for a living. And even if, even if they, you know, they own a great camera, like this is not what they spend their days thinking about and, and kind of stressing over, you know, it's like, this is what you do and, and, and rest in that and, and feel comfortable in that because now at the planning meeting or at the sales meeting, you're really just saying, Hey, remember all that stuff, um, that we talked about. And then I did that stupid dance, like here it all is. What else do you want to do now? And like the sales meeting for us always became, okay, let's, you know, here it is. I, I present it with like, here's the image that I liked. Okay, we'll switch some, some images out if they want, if, you know, like, especially if I saw them start crying during the, during the slideshow at a specific image, like, hey, you better believe I'm going to make a mental note. Like, yeah, swap out the one that I liked for that one instead. Who cares what I liked? Like, swap that out. 
And now we go through those things that we talked about at the planning meeting. We find a home for, for their favorite images. And then typically there's there are images left over. And, and the, the real sales part at that point is like, okay, well, you still have these 10 other images that you really love. What do you want to do with them? And, and again, like none of this is sales. This is you told me you wanted this stuff. You got excited about it. I got excited about it. We're all excited about it. Uh, and and here's what's left over. What what do you want to do with those? And now our job is to just find a home for the other images that they love. Yeah, it's freedom of choice. I think too many photographers rob their clients of choosing more value, yeah. right? You've essentially offered them value if they'd like to have it and given them the freedom to choose. And we rob our clients of that left, right, and center because we've made the choice ahead of time. Ah, my client doesn't actually want print. Right. They don't actually want another canvas. They don't actually want an album or her, her parent doesn't want an album. And so we don't even offer it. We, we, we remove that choice of, of choosing more value. Yep. And, um, and it kills me. It kills me every time because there's the, and the, the, I've talked about this story a number of times. There's, there's, uh, I get so ticked off when it happens to me in my own world, right? Like when someone robs me of the choice of choosing more value, even yep. though I'm like, take my money, right? Like, no, really, I want to give you money. Give me the damn gummy worms <laughs> on my, on, I wanted gummy worms on a slushy, Chris. <laughs> I wanted gummy worms on this like little ice cream slushy thing. And they wouldn't do it. And I was literally like standing there with a $5 bill. I was like, listen to me. You look at me square in the eyes. I will give you this $5 bill if you just put a handful of gummy bears on it. And they wouldn't do it. I was like, I, I'm trying to give you money. Take my damn money. Um, and I think we do that in essence when we um, rob our clients of the freedom of choosing more, even though they would, they would love that if we would have just give them the option. But of course, we have to give them the option with value. Right, um, right. And there's the other part of it. Right. Um, Chris, where can people learn more about uh, Swift Galleries and how this can help them in regards to uh, to their IPS, to not just making the sale, but but learning learning the craft and, yeah. and becoming more comfortable from even a psychological standpoint, just, just all of that kind of stuff. Where can people learn more about Swift Galleries and what you do? Yeah, yeah. Come on over to uh, SwiftGalleries.com. So Swift Galleries is an online tool for helping you design and sell your work as wall art. Uh, and we have a, hey, a whole portion of it that is built out as hey, Chris. A, yeah. Say, say that again. You, it, it kind of broke up, and I don't want that to be the part that breaks up. I think you get kind <laughs> yeah, of pissed at me. Right. So go ahead. And that kind of, for whatever reason, it kind of <laughs> So go ahead yeah, and yeah. do your plug. <laughs> yeah, come on over to uh, swiftgalleries.com. Swift Galleries is an online tool that makes it really easy for you to design and sell your work as wall art. Uh, basically, it helps you show your clients what their images will look like on their walls at the right size. And we even have a, a whole portion of it that is an in-person sales module. So it walks you through this whole process. And that's something that I, I think is really powerful for a lot of our people who are switching over from shooting and burning or shooting and sharing to in-person sales is like just the structure of it. Like, what is it that I'm supposed to do? So, you know, it'll walk you through the, uh, the slideshow and then culling kind of choosing the, the best ones, comparing images, uh, to, to really narrow down the favorite ones and then jumping into the designer itself and showing those things on the wall. And then even through the checkout process, you can add other things. So if you're selling albums, hopefully you're selling more than just wall art. You can add your small prints and your albums and all of that right there in the cart system and then check out right there through Swift Gallery. So it's a really powerful tool. It's, it's, and I'm not saying that just because I'm the co-founder. It's, uh, this is actually the tool that I wish we had when we were shooting full time. It's a, it's a, um, it's a very, powerful tool for helping you 
helping your clients visualize your work on their walls. And, you know, I talked about it a bit uh, already during just kind of the the main conversation here, but uh, there is a ton of power in being able to show a client instead of telling a client, Hey, I think a 30 by 40 is going to look great in that space. Like they're going to think you're a crazy person because they think eight by tens are big. You know, so when you're saying, Hey, I think a 30 by 40 would look awesome there. They're like, I think you should leave because you're just trying to take my money. When you can instead show them and say, hey, I think this looks great in that space, they're looking at it. They see that you're not just trying to pull one over on them. They see that does actually look great in that space. There's so much power in being able to do that, um, in getting your client on your side and in getting them to visualize those things in their home and really start living with those things in their home. So. Yeah, love it, man. Chris, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. One of the best I've had uh, on IPS uh, with a guest. And so thanks for sharing that with me. I, I know that everyone who's listening to this is going to take a ton away uh, and, and continue to learn. So Chris, I really appreciate your time and your knowledge, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Really, truly a, pr- a pleasure to be here. Cheers, man. Bye. All right, see you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Look, I get it. IPS is a, it's a big step, right? Jumping into in-person sales, it's a leap. But I think what Chris has put together here is such a great stepping stone towards moving in that direction to actually presenting print to your clients and making sure that they have an amazing experience, amazing service, an amazing wallet that they get to hold. And so please, you guys, go check it out. A couple of really cool things, actually, that Chris has put together for you guys. If you head over to swiftgalleries.com backslash Six Figure Photography. He gives you guys 50 bucks off. If you want to check this out, uh, grab the link there. I'll get it down in the show notes. You guys, before I let you go, can I please just say thank you? Thank you so much. I've received so many encouraging emails and messages. Uh, when you guys have seen me out in the wild, maybe at, at a conference or a workshop, and you've come up to me and expressed gratitude, I just want you to know that I am so grateful for you. Like, I'm so, so thankful for every one of you guys who's out there, who's been listening, who's been taking anything that I've said and, and have used it in a way to uh, to grow your business, to serve your clients better, to love your family better, to think a little bit high, uh, more highly of yourself uh, even. And so I just wanted to say, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate you guys so much. I can't wait for episode 52 uh, and for us to continue talking. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.